Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 185 of the All Dolphins podcast. Second one for today, this Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024, which is first practice of the week heading into the AFC showdown against the Buffalo Bills. And hopefully you check out our, our behind enemy lines, which we did on Tuesday featuring Chris Brown, not the R&B singer. And then also we did a hard knocks recap where we both explained how mediocre the episode was and, but yet how revealing because it had some pretty cool nuggets of information inside. And throwing little sidebars and insight into other areas as well. Before we get going with the biggest news of the day, which is the injury report and the practice report and all that, we also have to discuss. That's the biggest news of the day. Well, okay. Well, I guess Tyreek, the, 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 the fire at Tyreek. Well, but here, here's the thing what's the news and what's the analysis on, on Tyreek, the fire at Tyreek's house? It sucks. Fortunately, and most importantly, everybody is fine. He left practice uh, to take Showed care up in of- a walking boot. Which is so not a surprise to us, but is a surprise to Dolphin fans. Correct. And and logically, once arrangements are made for everybody to, to stay in a safe place, Tyreek will be back at practice tomorrow. Is there is there is there anything else to discuss about this? <laughs> I mean um, No, I just I don't some... want to sound cold, but it's and again, the most important thing is everybody is safe. So that's beyond that, it's like it, no, no, it's not like it shouldn't have an impact on the, on the game or Tyreek's performance and professional athletes, NFL players are programmed. They're used to dealing with distractions. Uh, this is what they get paid the big bucks for. If mm-hmm. they're going to get bothered and all discombobulated and the performance is going to suffer when life throws them a curveball, that's going to be a problem. Some of us do it better than others, not Absolutely. professional athletes. But- He's not going to be any not going to be any slower because of that. Maybe because of the ankle, but not because of the, the fire. Uh, and for but, the record, people, players wear walking boots all the time when they're not on the practice field when they're battling things like turf toe. Um, I tweeted out yesterday and addressed it on 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 the podcast. We haven't seen Devon Achan for a good month inside the locker room, and he's a player who's always inside the locker room. 
Um, I've always suspected there's a reason why. Probably injury related. Maybe he's getting treatment after practice. Well, Achan was featured in hard was was highlighted in Hard Knocks, basically in a walking boot um, during a team meeting earlier in the week of preparations. He did not practice, and you know, till till the final practice, ran for how many yards did he run for? One hundred and seven. Well, yeah, I was gonna say one hundred four, but you could be right. It was somewhere. I don't know, but I had a very. Had a very impressive performance, but is he in a walking boot all week? Yes. And Tyreek is probably doing the same thing. Jalen Waddle, which I saw today in the locker room, um, he participated in a walkthrough. What, what do you give me a minute for? 107. Oh, look at that. How about that? Um, he is not in a walking boot, hasn't been in a walking boot, is limping around. Um, but Mike McDaniel says that he's open to the possibility of him practicing later this week. They might give it a try. We shall see. But Poupart also needs to tell you what 85 significance is. So, Nice segue. I like it. Uh, as we started earlier Wednesday, instead of doing jur- players corresponding to the episode number, we're going to do the year. So now it's 1985. This is a year after the Dolphins made the Super Bowl. Got off to a pretty slow start. They were 5-4 and four at one point. And then went on a seven-game run to end the season at twelve and four, wow. including including that memorable Monday night win against the Chicago Bears, who came to the Orange Bowl at thirteen and zero, spanked them thirty-eight twenty-four in a game that wasn't nearly that close because it was thirty-one ten at the half. And then we're all set for a rematch in the Super Bowl, and isn't that going to be awesome? Except why the Dolphins turned the ball over all over the place in the AFC Championship game, lost thirty-one fourteen against the New England Patriots. And on a personal note, 1985 is the season when I first covered a Dolphin game, which was a November game against the New York Jets, which the Dolphins won 21 to 17 on a Dan Marino 50-yard touchdown pass to Mark Duper down the right sideline with about a minute left. Duper was coming back from missing a month with, I think it was a broken thumb, had eight catches for like 217 yards. Um and this was at a time when the, the reporters were allowed on the field in the final six minutes of the game, and the Orange Bowl was literally shaking. And I still remember this. This was like 38 years ago. Orange Bowl was shaking. And by the way, there are people in the comments this morning asking how old I am. If I'm telling you that was the first game I covered, I'm 61. So not ashamed to admit it. Stop lying about your age, old man. No. You know you got an AARP card. Dude, I got, my, I got the ARP card in my fifties. Oh, they, so it's your 50s. they hand those out. They hand those out like Oprah. You get an ARP card. You get an What's ARP the benefit card. of it? I'm you get some discounts for certain things. Okay, I'm getting Including close. That, right? Sorry, I said I'm getting close. Yeah, Outback Steakhouse, for for one. Outback Steakhouse, give you discount. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I I it's funny you say you remember your first. Dolphins game coverage wise, goodness. I mean, that is your brain. I can't remember crap. Um, and like, eh. no, I, you know, I remember the circumstances. It was at the Miami News, and this was at a time when we had like six or seven people covering the game. And my assignment was covering the Jets locker room, do Jets sidebars. Needless to say, that was not a happy place after the game. Um, but that was the first game. Mm-hmm. So back to 2024, that injury list, the injury report is depressing. I mean, there are 18 names on the Dolphin side, five on the Bills, including two guys 
who were arrested? Um, I found the injury report insightful from this standpoint. Let me let me give you what I took from it. Okay. Um, let's start with the most important player, which is Tua Tungavaloa, who's battling a quad and left shoulder injury. Full practice, no limitations. That's great. That means don't worry about me. Um, then we get to Jalen Ramsey, who's still on there with the knee. Full practice, no limitations. Uh, then we get to some of the more interesting injuries, which is, you know, let's start with the guys who did not practice. Um, Tehran, not a surprise. Raheem, not a surprise. Um, saw Raheem in the locker room. He looked fine, not in a walking boot. Zach Sealer, who created a panic amongst the media, um, speculating about what the situation was. Um, he missed practice with an illness. Uh, don't know when he's going to come back, but usually guys with an illness comes back it within days. Now let's hope it's not like COVID because then that still yeah, exists. You had to go there. Yeah, that still exists. That yeah. still exists. And in fact, I know somebody who just caught COVID a, a week ago. So yeah. it's, it's still out there. And the last thing you want to do is have it ravish your locker room. Um, it, it, because you couldn't basically distance a player or you want to rush somebody back. Next thing you know, your whole team can't play, play in the playoffs. Well, big um, fans would have experience dealing with that. Oh, sorry, too soon. Um, and then we know Bradley Chubb and Xavier Howard, they've pretty much been ruled out by Mike McDaniel. Um, Jalen Waddle with an ankle, he isn't ruled out. He's probably going to practice. Uh, we've got Devon Achan with the toe and the ribs who did not practice today. Hold on, what are you timing? Let me finish. Hold on. Let me finish. Well, hold on, because you say Jalen Waddle's probably going to practice. Mike McDaniel said he was going to work with the trainer today which is what he did, which is why he pulled the DMP. They were going to see how he responds to it. And if it's good, then he'll practice. I don't know that if I take the step. They the step are going to test him at practice at some point this week, I, in my humble opinion. Now, whether he'll be cleared to play, that's probably highly unlikely. But, um, you know, Waddle is a fighter. He's a warrior. He wants to be out there with his teammates. He knows the stakes of this game. Let's not be naive to think that Jalen Waddle isn't going to try to play. Is he going to be cleared to play? Probably not. Um, Devon H. N. did not practice. Probably still in a walking boot. Turf toe something limited. that. Why he was limited? Look again. He practiced. Hmm. We didn't see him in the media availability. That's interesting. Hmm. Okay. Um. And then we got Jerome Baker, who was limited. Watch Jerome. Um, looks like he's get it, gonna get greased up and ready to go. Not sure if he's gonna start, but possibly ends up as a backup for the game. So you no longer have to rely on uh, Calvin Munson and uh, Channing Tindall if something goes wrong with some of the other guys, some of the other starters. And for the record, Duke Riley is battling an ankle injury that had him limited. Um, that's not the reason that he got picked on against the Ravens, but, uh, let, let's hope that Duke is ready and capable of responding. Uh, and then we've got guys who are limited Robert Hunt back in the fold, back where he belongs. Will it stay consistent? Who knows? Um, but you know, I know for a fact that offensive line took what happened to them against the Buffalo Bills in the earlier game, week three, week four, week four. See, look, look, look at, look at Poupard. See, we're, we're becoming symbiotic. What is that the term? Where? Hypothetical. 
Yeah, where you, you start to read my mind. Um, Liam Eikenberg, calf and now ankle. Liam Liam's a warrior. Liam's fighting through it. Um, I say this, and me and Chris Perkins of the Sun Sentinel have an ongoing feud over the fact that I said the season's in Liam Eikenberg's hands, and then I did say Liam Eikenberg is one of the top five most important players to the remainder of the season. However, Perk made me name the players, and we came to the conclusion and consensus that he is the number nine most important player the rest of the way. Oh, you oh, you know, yeah, you better have written down the, your list in the top eight. Why why you say that? Because I'm curious. I want to hear what the top eight is. Okay. You 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 really want it right now? Yes. We got nothing else better to do, I guess. Thanks. You can't you can't just bring that up and just drop it and the we we got Tyreek Tua Tehran Waddle Mostert Christian Sealer um Christian Sealer uh, I think I was forced to put in Robert Hunt um and you could oh and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's higher than than I yeah. Jalen Ramsey's up higher, up higher, up higher, much higher. Um, and then we got Eichenberg, who I would argue to you snaps the ball, makes the line calls, is responsible for the communication and the decision making of the line, and he's got to block somebody pretty important, especially if it's a zero technique guy over over Tua. Now, I have been highly critical of Liam Eichenberg throughout this season, but. I can tell you right now, he's adequate. And adequate is what you should be aiming for when you're on your backup center. Am I not right? Accurate there? The O-line didn't lose the Baltimore game. Not yeah, even no. close. No, absolutely. And on top of that, um, what is your alternative? For even Kendall, even um, Teron Armstead, we know what the alternative is. And when I when I say this in terms of the most important guys, I'm also factoring in Xavier is not playing, so he's not in the lineup. So, um, and you know, obviously, and Van Ginkle, you could argue about Van Ginkle and his role and his significance, but the backups over there are a lot better than the backups behind Liam Eikenberg. So, you know, I keep that in in context. Yeah. You don't th you don't think with Phillips and Chubb. By the way, the, for the people who are asking why is Chubb on the injury report, it's because he's still on the active roster. Yes, when he's going to get put on IR, and then he will no longer appear on the injury report. Um, so, but obviously he's got a torn ACL, so we we can pretty much assume it's going to be DNP, DNP, DNP out. Um, uh, DNP, DNP, DNP out IR Saturday. There you go. Correct. They might even do it before that. I don't know what, exactly what they're waiting nah, for. Maybe they're not feeling well. I, I think I think they'll wait. I think they'll wait. They they can. They don't have to elevate Melvin Ingram. They probably should, but they don't have to. And remember, they need to create a spot for Jerome Baker to come back. There and I think and maybe maybe they wait they're, 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 until the end of the week and they activate Bake and put Chubb on IR. But yeah. it's not like they're not putting Chubb on IR. They can stay with 52. So, um, here's my thing. What? Why would you not have a guy available? But I, then I realize you're not going to have everybody available anyway. And if you sign somebody on Thursday or Friday, they're not playing Sunday anyway. So, um, not according to the 2019 Miami Dolphins. <laughs> 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 ah, you like that, didn't you? Okay. Well, 
No, I would argue right now that with Phillips and Chubb out of commission, I think Andrew Andrew Van Ginkle is your top off outside linebacker, and I mean by a pretty damn good margin. Uh, because I wrote about Melvin Ingram today on AllDolphins.com. Go ahead. What's your cue? Wasn't ready. There you go. Um, and the reality is, as Melvin Ingram has had a very good career, did some good work for the Dolphins last year, including against Buffalo. Uh, but in the first two games, played 16 snaps on Sunday. His stat line is zilch, zero, nada, nip, nothing, all the way across. Um, he had he had some snaps the previous week, too. He had two tackles. He had 21 snaps. He had two tackles. So Bro, let's I, don't think he, I, don't, I watched it. I watched it. It wasn't bad work. It wasn't bad work. I mean – they can weren't. You my, can you grade my papers? You, you seem to be a very lenient teacher. Wow. He has not been a factor. Okay, and then we had the Emmanuel Agba case. So who was a factor? When? Against the Bravens on the D-line. We already no, didn't we already go over this? Zach Sealer made a couple of plays. Van Ginkle was at least felt. I didn't notice. Melvin Gringer might not have played at all. Might have been inactive. And I still wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. With all due respect. Okay. Um, so you and I think, people say it with all due respect, they're about to disrespect you. Correct. But yeah. my point is, is that Andrew Van Ginkle right now is is massively key and and should be much higher than that in terms of the importance of players. Well, sir, I'm going to disagree with you, and I I have a high opinion of Andrew Van Ginkle. You know, I think the world of him. I learned that he's actually behind some very jazzy shirts that are going around the Dolphins locker room. I don't know if he's selling them, if he's making them, if he's just the distributor. Um, I have no idea. I saw a, a McLovin licensed T-shirt with McDaniel on it. It's face of McDaniel. You know, the, the license for McLovin shirt? Yeah. And then there's a face of Mike McDaniel on it. I was like, dope. Uh, Braylon Sanders added on. And I was like, where you get that T-shirt from? And he said, gink. And I, that's the second time I've heard Ginks got the shirts or knows where to get the cool shirts, cool Dolphins specific shirts. Tyreek used to have some cool shirts too. Tyreek has cool shirts too. Um, I don't know where the players get these cool shirts that are basically about themselves and the team, but mwah, chef kiss on that Mc, McDaniel McLovin shirt. Okay. Uh, what's that have to do with Gink not being more important than – or not not belonging higher on the importance list. Um, okay, let me make my point. Now that I've praised Gink. Um, who's more accomplished pass rusher in the NFL? Not scheme diverse, just more accomplished. Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ogba, Andrew Van Ginkle. Rank them. Whole body of work, yes. Right now it's Van Ginkle, and it's not close. Whole body of work, rank them. Okay. And you living in the past much? Ingram, Ingram, Agba, Van Ginkle, in, in for, for a whole body of work, but we're not talking about their entire career. We're talking about right now. That could also be opportunity. Don't don't be disrespect. I know, I know we've had this this ongoing well, somebody was a healthy scratch. Are you gonna hold that against him? Oh, McDaniel basically hinted a lot of that had to do with his injury. Yeah, that's why that's why Agba tweeted, wow, lol before the game. Because he was pushing it to try to prove to the coaches that he was healthy and the past his injury. And man, except for one, except for one tiny minor detail, the dude was not on the injury report once last week. 
This, wow. This, no, this was McDaniel standing up for his well, guy. He is real disrespectful today. Where's a lie? It, it was basically McDaniel doing coach talk. I'm not going to like dump on my player. I'm going to build up his confidence because we need him. So I'm going to say it was all about him wanting to push himself and us trying to, trying to like, and by the way, this idea of protecting him kind of goes against keeping Bradley Chubb in the game with four minutes left. If we're going to be honest about it. Ouch. Um, Listen, you can't have five sacks in under 200 snaps and be a scrub. He's not, hey. he's not a scrub. He's not a scrub. I'm not going to say he's a scrub. Say but it. Say again, it. Attach, I don't want to hear nothing about garbage time. Attach some context, please. I never said he was a scrub. Okay. But, I, but I'm saying right did now. Did he do it or did he not do it? And Right now, Andrew Van Ginkle is a clearly more effective, productive player. Right now. It's not close. I didn't say that it was close. And I have respect for Gink. But you know what? Emmanuel Agba has produced tw- uh, 23 sacks for the Miami Dolphins in three seasons. That You're like, so what? It's a big deal. What did what 16 sacks his first two years where the Dolphins have to do with anything? Under- he had 18 sacks his first two years for the Dolphins. Okay, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China or whatever, however the saying goes? He does not fit this scheme. Correct. He's not liked by this defensive coordinator. He does not drop back in coverage well. Okay, you know what good defensive coordinators do? They scheme things up for the talent that they have. And right now, Emmanuel Agba is a talent that you have on this team. And you better figure out how to make it work. I I, I, I am of the opinion that <clears throat> Melvin Ingram's probably going to play ahead of him um, and probably replace Bradley Chubb as the starter on um, the right side because that's a position that Ogba generally does not play. And I think even um, Van Ginkle is probably better as a left side edge. So I think they're going to rotate and Melvin Ingram and his, his aged mature self is going to be starting. I do. I think that he can play 40 snaps, 50 snaps, not a chance. He's been here three weeks. Correct. So, and, I, and I agree with you. And that's what basically what I wrote is Van Ginkle is going to be like, dude, you tell us when you need to come out. If not, stay out there. And they're going to monitor Ingram and then throw in Agba and maybe Cameron Good as well for some snaps. But it was interesting because Mike McDaniel was asked about the possibility of bringing in outside guys, whether it be in Dominican Sue or Frank Clark. And he was like, no, we, we're going to go with the guys we have. Quick point I want to make about Jerome Baker. He becomes the eighth player. Number eight, designate to return, which means Dolphins are done. They don't get another one in the playoffs. That means officially we can close the door on Isaiah Wynn, on Eric Zukama, on Savan Ahmed, all those guys. Anybody who's on IR right now, they're not coming back. Not the same for practice squad elevations. Those those completely reset once the playoffs start. And one more thing, um, and I wrote about this in the story I did on Baker being designated to return. He's number eight of the previous of the previous seven. Two of them came back and played in the first game where they they were eligible, and that's Devon Achan, Achan and Teron Armstead. Okay, look at that little nugget of information you're throwing out there. Okay, that's All the right. kind of stuff you get over here. I watched him work with Anthony Campanelli. Go over play calls. Where Omar is leaving oh, me. Okay, how many times are we gonna put it up? today all right finger pointing is cool oh, okay um 
he clearly was working as if he's going to be playing. Now, do I feel comfortable enough to have him unseat Duke Riley as a starter at this present moment? I don't know because he'd probably be rusty having not practiced for a month, just like Javon Holland, who admitted he was very rusty after not practicing for a month. Um, and it, it showed in his play. I think you err on the side of caution and probably have him as a top backup, maybe rotate him in, see how he plays and how he performs. Um, but Duke also battling a ankle injury. That's not a good thing that that doesn't necessarily make you feel comfortable. So maybe they rotated in, in and out of practice and we see who plays based on what they all bring to the table. Um, all right. Uh, I, I'm fine either way. What I don't want to see is Duke Riley doing a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one covering of James Cook, who is a very effective receiver out of the backfield. And so, who you want covering James Cook then? Roquan Smith. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I, you know. Um, I don't know. Um, David Long. And then, and then you got a shadow, uh, or or you, you might want a shadow of Josh Allen. So, you mean spy? huh? Spy? Yes, yeah, spy. I said shadow. Spy. I don't think they they didn't spy Lamar Jackson. They certainly didn't, and obviously didn't work very well. <laughs> Lamar could do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah they got to come up with some kind of. They've, they've spied Josh Allen over the years. I don't know about with Big Fangio, but they've spied Josh Allen over the years. I I would have to look at the um. The, the previous game, but as players have said, we're a completely different team, completely different defense than, than the one that took the field in week four. And I do believe that. Um, now, are they also a different team from an injury standpoint? Yes, but so are the bills. So, well, know. well, and this is where, yeah, they're getting healthy. They're, they are getting healthy. And in fact, as our, my, my buddy Chris told us on behind the enemy lines, it's, their defense is as healthy as they've been maybe the entire season or since they had the rash of injuries in weeks four and five. I mean, their injury reports is like a joke. I mean, Leonard Floyd, rib rest, did not practice. He played Sunday. Von Miller, veteran rest, did not practice. I actually believe it was a healthy scratch on Sunday against the Patriots. DeMar Hamlin, shoulder limited. Dude's inactive every week, doesn't matter. Micah Hyde, neck injury limited. Also played against the Bills. And then Josh Allen is on the injury report with a neck and ring finger, but he was a full participant. And he mm -hmm. said during his media availability, I'm good to go. So major advantage there to the Bills in terms of health. And the Dolphins absolutely are a different defense, if no for no other reason than they have Jalen Ramsey, and they didn't uh, in the first matchup. And, and they also, if you remember, Christian Wilkins was just starting to get into his groove. It took him a couple of, of weeks after his training camp holding, quote-unquote, Jalen Phillips took a while to get going uh, after he was dealing with the chest, sorry, the back and the oblique injuries. So, no, they weren't nearly as good on defense then as they got at some point. Now it's now it's dealing with all the injuries. Not having X is not going to help. Although you didn't have Ramsey in the first matchup, now you don't have X. The, Fangio did not want to use X to shadow Diggs. Hopefully he's smart enough to reverse course and have Ramsey – Shadow. Is he? Is he? Well, the other issue also is that Diggs' number is down. Um, yeah. They're not he's, looking for him that much. He's not getting that open, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Do you want to get heated up against you, though? No. Yeah. Um, um, 
yeah, we talked to Cater today. I'm sorry for laughing. I apologize. Um, we talked to Cater today. He's a good kid. I like Cater. He is a good kid. Um, and basically, uh, the question which was asked bluntly by David Ferronas, and I need to give him a pow pow for the blunt nature of questions. Um, it needs to be a little bit more diplomatic and with some tact. I don't know if I'm the right person to give that lecture to from, but, uh, you know, commander tact over here. Yeah. Commander. Tact yeah. Um, but Cater, uh, he was asked about what you learned from your, from your struggles, basically getting beat down by, uh, Jeff, by Stefan Diggs. That's not how he phrased the question. And Cater's basic response was, yeah, I play bad. I got. I can't do that. And I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate." Um, I, I am curious. I'm not going to make you look it up now, but I will look it up at the end of of, of this. Six twenty three touchdowns. Are you looking for Diggs' numbers in the first match? No, 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 no. I'm looking for Cater's opposing passer rating against him. Against who? Cater. Oh, you mean that just for the for that one game? For the season. For the season. Oh, 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 it's probably like one. I don't know, guess like 110, maybe. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. Um, yeah. Um, and we get it. We understand. I'm not sitting here and calling him out. You're playing on a top, what was once a top five defense. Now you're a top 10 defense after that beatdown that you took from the, the, from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and with Xavier Howard on one side and Jalen Ramsey on another side, teams are clearly attacking you. They're clearly game planning to come after you. Like your number, number four, is circled on their board. They're coming after you. I think that it is on the defensive coordinator to alleviate that target off his back. Vic has not done it. Vic will not do it. And I don't know if that's necessarily beneficial for Cater. Now, question is, what alternatives do you have? And Nick Needham is a, a comp. Uh-oh. And Omar, Omar with the freezing. With Got the freezing. You, you, are we back, Omar? Omar's freezing here. Oh, oh. Are we coming back? We're back to freezing? Okay. You're back. Um, Cater is, you know, my point is Nick is an accomplished slot. He should be given opportunity. He should at least be allowed to compete and or for the boundary spot. See what happens. I, I think Nick is now cornerback number four. Um, is he really inferior to Eli Apple? Can he not help you? Let's say if you go into a rotation or maybe Cater goes on the boundary and Nick stays in the nickel. That's fair. Um, one would think they have weekly competitions to see what's what I, and or or. I don't know. I mean, it could be at that. this point in the season. I don't know if they do. If a guy, if a guy has a rough outing, you don't think that Dick would like either open it up and not necessarily. I'm not talking about like having tryouts or whatever between the two guys. I'm talking about obviously not necessarily being like this. That Eli Apple's the, the outside. By the way, I have your figure for you. Okay, hit me with it. One thirty-one point one. Damn. That's not good. That's like, that's like nearly perfection. That's not good. Um, Damn. Touchdowns. I'm going. Oh, you want me to go back? Look. I'm in his defense. I'm going to play devil's advocate because you know that's what I do. I do all the time. 
Like, I, I keep going back to the play against Odell Beckham against Baltimore where the coverage what was it again. Damn. 131.1. They have him charged with eight touchdowns. He's got no picks. Uh, yards per completion is 9.1. Um, yards per target is 7.6. Um, but like I said, I, I'm going to go back to that play with Odell Beckham Jr. The coverage was excellent. And that wasn't an easy route to cover. Again, except he did like what 90% of quarterbacks do. He'd never turned around. Then it took perfect pass from Lamar. Great catch by Beckham. And but it goes against Kohu's record. And you hold on. You're telling me a guy on your team has a 131.1 passer rating, and you as a defensive coordinator don't do anything to protect him. That's crazy. That is literally insane. But hey, if you don't think the Bills are, are creating a game plan that go to attack Cater Kohu, best of luck to you. Like, wow. Um, that is that I I knew it would be bad. I didn't know it would be that bad. Wow. Except if you're gonna go by these numbers, and again, these are analytics where it's people who have determined who's the one who's being targeted, who's the one who's actually in coverage. And they play a lot of zone. And correct. And there's not a lot. I mean, Deshaun Elliott's number is 151. I mean, that's so. Yeah, nah, Deshaun Elliott ain't that bad. Like, no, move. correct. So, anyway. Um, 151, though? Damn. They, they, need to, they need to come up with some game plan, obviously, against the Bills on Saturday. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to address the Pro Bowl. The selection show is coming up at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night. The Dolphins wound up. <laughs> Omar, is, is that is that your statement on the Pro Bowl selections? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Dolphins wound up. Great job, Dolphin fans, in terms of getting out there and voting. Dolphins wound up with players leading at 12 positions. And that makes, up one third of, that makes up one third of the voting component. Correct. Coaches Tua, also vote and players also vote. Tua, Raheem Mostert, Alec Ingold, Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead. Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Ramsey. And I'm going to forget one. Uh, Blake Javon, Ferguson. Duke come Rodley, on, you know Javon Holland. Barrios. Sorry? Blake, Fer what, 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 what? Blake Ferguson, Duke Riley, Braxton Barrios are the three special teamers. They were five on offense, Armstead, Hill, Ingold, Tua, Raheem. And they were four on defense. And now, Oh, Javon Holland. There you go. I said that. Did you say Javon Holland? Yeah, I said get you when you were missing one. Come on, you can't exclude the best safety in the NFL. And but and I wrote on alldolphins.com. Reaction time slows a. Yeah, I see that. Um, I separated the dolphin candidates into three categories: those who are locks or should be locks, those who have a very strong chance, and those with an outside chance. Um, and. I had three locks or should be locks. Would you care to guess who they are? You think three locks? Be? You just have three locks? Locks or should be locks, yes. Tyreek, Jalen, Tua. You have two of the three. Let me get let me guess who you excluded. Go ahead. Go ahead. Who did I exclude? Tua. <laughs> eh, wrong. No. How about that? Uh oh, look at that. All right. Who do you who do, who do I, who do you exclude? I Jalen Ramsey in the event that he gets punished for missing. He did miss the first seven games of the season. 
So I, I had him in my strong candidate category. I don't think he's quite the lock. The one that you didn't have that to me is a lock is Raheem. Okay. Thousand yard rusher, 21 touchdowns. I, 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 that's one, that's one of those. If one of those three guys are on the pro bowl, I'm going to be flabbergasted, flummoxed, bamboozled, all those, all those words. Mm-hmm. Run amok. That too. And I wound up with, I think I have 10, 11, 12 players on my list. I encourage you to check it out on alldolphins.com. I'm not going to spoil all of it and say everything here. I did tell you that my three locks were. We, uh, we're going to re- we're going to retweet this story after we do do this podcast. Um, obviously, uh, it's a good Pro Bowlers generally go Pro Bowl berths generally go to teams with winning records. The Dolphins have had one of the best records all season. Everybody respects and admires their offense, and a lot of people have put respect on their defense. Uh, especially considering the way that they played in the second half of the season um, when Jalen Ramsey got back. To me, there are two names to watch on the Pro Bowl, and I and I will determine whether this is a success or failure based on whether or not they get in or not. Jalen Ramsey, who turned his defense upside down, and Christian Wilkins, who has put together a solid, respectable, steady body of work in all five of his NFL seasons and is having a a tremendously ridiculous season this year. While I will argue that he's being outperformed by Zach Sealer, and that could potentially be quite controversial. Just look at the numbers. Um, Christian has the respect of his peers. Christian is very forceful. And this season, he's shown you that he can produce sacks. It's time for him to get a Pro Bowl berth, especially when he's got numbers better than guys like Quentin Williams. Except, and this is going to be, as I wrote, I don't disagree with anything you just said. There are a crap load of worthy defensive tackles in the AFC. Quinn and Williams being just one of them. With inferior uh, stats, but a bigger name and reputation. All, it's not all about stats. And, and correct. And then Quinn and Williams made the Pro Bowl last year. And that immediately. And also, get brace yourself for, for seeing some guys you're going to be like, what? Because reputation matters, particularly at positions where stats are not as significant. For example, the offensive line. And for example, if you see Tehran on there, don't come back and say, what the hell? Because, yeah, it might happen. Their their peers, just like uh, Xavier last year, their peers know what's up. The opposing coaches know what's up. Um, You know. Reputation plays a role, you know, without Mm – Question. Sometimes um, the agency you're with plays a role. Nobody's going to talk about that, but agencies vote for agencies. Agency clients vote for agency clients. Yeah, but that yeah, that's one third of the vote, though. It's still one third of the vote. Oh, you're right. You're right. There, there's some. There's some. There's some players who say this is my CAA ballot, and that's what I'm voting. Trust me, I've seen it. Oh, seen no, it I, with my I, own eyes. That I, athlete. I, this is my athlete first ballot. This is my. Rosenhaus ballot, and that's how they vote, and they hook up their brothers. But the Dolphins wound up having four Pro Bowlers last year. They'll get six this year. Uh, Well, I was going to say that would be very disappointing. And by the way, just for the record, um, those were Tehran, Tyreek, X, and Bradley Chubb as an injury replacement. Tua does not count, even though he would have gone to the Pro Bowl had he been able to because he was the first alternate. He wasn't on the original team. 
And because he couldn't go, then they went to, to somebody else. And to Tyler Huntley, the backup for the Ravens, wound up going to the Pro Bowl last year. Um, and he gets a Pro Bowl on his resume, so to speak, not for not for contract purposes, but if you look at his bio, it's going to say Pro Bowl. Two was will not, even though he was ahead of. And it cost him money. Because if you would have had a Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl on his resume in his first four years, his fifth year option would have been a couple million dollars more. Yeah, but not as an injury replacement. When if you're not an original team, it does not. It does oh, not really? Matter. I did not know oh, that. Right. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Does not matter. So anyway, uh, like I said before, I I think he's a slam dunk. It's going to be him, Lamar Jackson, probably Josh Allen. To me, is the three. However. Patrick Mahomes? You took Patrick Mahomes off the list? Josh Allen's had a better year than Patrick Mahomes, but this is where this is where it could get if it doesn't happen, and I would be surprised. That's where it could get tricky because Patrick Mahomes again. But dude, even though even though he's been betrayed by his receiving core the entire season, there are times when he just hasn't been quite Patrick Mahomes, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, and then Josh Allen. No, I'm not in love with Josh Allen. I'm going to answer that right there. We all know what quarterback you're in love with. We're going to carry on. <laughs> well, it's from his Monday. name is Chua Tonga Vailoa. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, and again, this is where I encourage folks. I'm looking at maybe not it's not strictly about the numbers. Like for example, Josh Allen's passing numbers were crap against New England. I rewatched the entire game. If you don't think he was a big factor in that win. Don't know what to tell you. It's not just about passing numbers. So I still think two is gonna is gonna get in. Tyreek's an obviously complete lock. If Moser doesn't get in, all right. Let me let me make you a deal. Go ahead. Tua doesn't make the Pro Bowl. We're podcasting tonight. <laughs> oh jeez. It is what it is, brother. <sighs> yeah. On that in that case, then we're gonna run. I don't think he's gonna get in. Really? Now, yeah. Why you think? Remember, don't remember the Baltimore game doesn't count. All the votes were cast before the players and coaches voted Friday. Okay. Maybe. The, fan, the fan voting and then Monday. I'm not, if I'm a player, I'm not voting. I'm not voting to over Lamar and Josh and Mahomes. If I'm a player and maybe if I'm a coach too, that's. Is that some, some disrespect on Tua from, from, from you? I'm just being honest, and you know that's why I can never be a car carrying member of Tuanon. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah, if I'm a player, because when players vote, either if they're not voting for their agency, their sports agency, um, they are voting for who the hell do I fear the most? And I'm sorry, and a lot of people respect Tua, but nobody fears him. Damn. Am I lying? Did I tell a lie? No, but but you're fighting me the whole year that Tua should be the end of the Dolphins MVP when I'm telling you it's Tyreek all along because opponents do fear Tyreek and not just a little bit either. I'm not I'm I'm I, that performance that I saw in Buffalo. That soured you, didn't it? No, no, no. I'm still waiting because it it he, it could happen. It, the moment the moment that I'm waiting for can happen against again uh, against Buffalo. But what I saw against the Ravens. And he he acknowledged everybody started pressing, and that includes me. So um, we we got we got to play better, man. We got we got to play better, and 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 the tide has to rise. And this is a perfect week and a perfect opportunity to do that. 
against the Buffalo Bills in a game that will determine who wins the AFC East Championship and who gets to, to host first-round playoffs. And for Miami, they would own the number two seed, which means everything except the AFC Championship game goes through them, and, and the Ravens would need to actually make it to the AFC Championship game for Dolphins not to host the entire playoffs. Now, wait, the Ravens been playing? Oh, you better book that unless they suffer an injury. Um, but from what I hear, Lamar is not going to be playing in the season finale. So he's not. He's not. Tyler Huntley. Yes. So Lamar is going to get two weeks off, and it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. But the Dolphins have to focus on taking care of their own business, which is beating the Buffalo Bills Sunday night at eight twenty. On that note, Alan Pupard, we say goodbye. We will see you. Maybe later tonight, depending on what happens with Tua and the Pro Bowl. But we will generally see you tomorrow.